welcome to our pricing podcast, Pricing Interviews with the Experts. I am Lisa Fisher, Director of Key Accounts with the Professional Pricing Society. Today we will feature our special guest, Michael Dunn, Director of Product Marketing with Aptis. Follow them on Twitter at Aptis and on their website, aptis.com. Today's topic of discussion is pricing excellence through quote cash. Michael, thank you for joining us today on our pricing podcast. We are certainly happy to have you, and we look forward to your pricing expertise. Well, good day, Lisa, and thank you for having me. I always enjoyed working with PPS. Uh, as you may know, I was also a Gardner analyst who covered pricing, pricing management for a number of years, and enjoyed working with your events. It's been great work that you do. Well, thank you. Thank you. We will go ahead and dive right in. So, Michael, what do you see as obstacles for companies to fully realize the benefits of innovations in pricing? Well, it's funny because I've been tracking this market for a lot of years now, and so much innovation has been going on um, with specific professionals, pricing professionals, specific groups, whether it's in marketing, finance, a carved-out pricing department. But one of the things I just find is that um, – there seems to always persist a gap between what I'd call the head, that is the pricing professionals, the pricing innovators, and the hands, that is the actual consumer of pricing, the, the channels, uh, the sellers. And so what I'm seeing is there's big gaps that still need to be closed. Um, some of them have been longstanding, such as uh, a lot of manual processes, heavy use of spreadsheets, even amongst uh, the pricing science uh, the price managers, but also how that's communicated and published to the sellers and the channels and the consumers of the data, often there's a lot of manual process involved. I mean, heck, I think in terms of spreadsheets, um, just doing a round robin of checking with a lot of my contacts in the industry still seems to be like 75 to 80 percent are still working on spreadsheets. Um, and if anyone's like me, they have fat fingers, make a lot of mistakes, and have a hard time keeping track of things. But also there's other things that come into play. Uh, depending on the industry, the type of sales force or partner networks, you could have cultures that are kind of resistant to guidance and improvement. Um, or even flip it around, there might be resistance to enforcement. Um, like how do you enforce pricing with partners that maybe only episodically work with you, don't really feel beholden to you? Or what about sales where you have the classic case of feet on the street um, that don't really listen to you. They will discount any which way they want in order to get the deal. That brings to another big problem, which is the visibility. So there's great work done. There's done with pricing science. There's a lot of great work with the pricing professionals. But then they don't really have that feedback loop of seeing what actually happened in the trenches. Um, what really led to price realization? So the traceability back to all the good work that they did. And then finally, there's a lot of talk out there about how to go have new business models, um, how to have new processes to support these models, uh, pricing methodologies. And a lot of that's hard work. Um, and usually you need executive backing. And the problem is you have executives often saying, uh, again, depending on the corporate culture, like, yeah, that's great, go do it. But they need to be more engaged and there needs to be more um, longstanding executive sponsorship. Uh, especially when you start getting into areas like omni-channel and multi-channel sales or revamping your partner commerce or, say, changing the way you're selling. Um, 
sorry for all the buzzwords, but like say business as a service and suddenly you want to become a subscription-based business on top of maybe a traditionally hard goods. All that really requires executive backing. Absolutely. And you talk about pricing excellence, Michael. How do you define that in your view? Um, I, I guess the easiest way is I'd love to go with uh, Warren Buffett. Um, it really <laughs> comes down to you know, greater pricing power. Um, so pricing excellence means you're consistently able to improve your pricing power in the market. You're able to do that relative to your past performance, your kind of incumbent ways of doing business, but also with regards to your competitors. And, and also, I guess you would have to say regards to your stakeholders in terms of expectations, so like your investors. So what does this mean? I mean, one is acquiring that superior insight into the market, having that visibility and that traceability. So you really know what's going on in the market. Um, that then comes into play, then being able to consistently hit it on the nail when it comes to defining prices. And by hitting it on the nail, it means there's good price acceptance. You, you manage the friction that might be in the market. You know, you don't put out a price that someone says, oh, my gosh, uh, I don't think I'll buy that because you hit this level. It's 20% it's, it's more than I expected. You're really hitting it again and again uh, where you got a great sense of that willingness to pay. Um, the other piece is you start having more efficient, um, what I think is often said in the industry, value exchanges. So if you're in considered sales, if you're one where things are negotiated and you have to have gives and gets and you have to deal with procurement, um, you're better armed to defend the pricing and be able to advance it and win those deals and not have it really seriously impact your cycles and your cycle times. Um, and then I think the final piece is, uh, and we've seen this probably over the past decade and a half, though, is, hey, you have business that's great, but then sometimes the business cycle turns against you. So that means you're really able to respond to downward pressures on pricing. Um, you're able, if you're in an industry that's cyclical, be able to fall back on plan B, be able to give guidance to your sellers uh, so that they discount as, discount as appropriately. Uh, but really be able to take it on the um, head, I guess, take it on the nose, defend your pricing, and be able to defend your margins. Absolutely. So there's been a lot of talk over the last several years about quote-to-cash. What actually is quote-to-cash, and how does that change the game for pricing professionals? I think the best way to look at quote-to-cash is that it's the automation of all those activities that geared towards revenue generation that one sees in their business between that phase where their prospect or client has expressed an interest to making a purchase on through to the closing of the deal and the recognition of that business uh, getting the cash in hand. So between um, someone showing interest in making a purchase through to that other endpoint, which is fulfillment of what they actually purchased, are those quotes of cash activities. And a lot comes into play there in terms of presentment of products, um, having product catalogs, having configuration, product configuration, price management promotions, supporting quoting and ordering activities, um, supporting contract, contract management, um, having great checkout processes, doing billing, renewals, and much more. And so what Quote to Cash does is take those revenue-generating activities that are interdependent, and they rationalize and integrate it. And when it comes for the price management um, world, um, what they're really doing is then tying together um, both their immediate concerns of analysis, planning, um, publication, administration, with how price is created in an operational fashion out there with price execution. 
And then closing it in the loop with then being able to take advantage of powerful analytics. So what do you get from that? Well, you get one, elimination of a lot of price gaps, I mean process gaps, uh, between what the price manager's doing to what actually happens with one's catalog, what happens on the e-commerce site, what happens with sellers and partners when they're actually driving business. Um, so the communication, the publication, and the execution is all done much faster across multiple channels. Um, you also get what I call complete price management. So the administrative capabilities, the execution intelligence is then all solidly combined for the price manager, the price scientist. They now have things all in one place and they're connected. And I think that's a bigger benefit comes into play is that quote to cash covers so much to how people buy and what goes on and the type of information and data that comes into play when make, people make decisions about purchases, you start getting some really excellent data. You really start getting big, big data that's relevant or relevant big data for a price universe. And I think that's going to get even bigger because along with quote to cash, you're having these suites being done on platforms in the cloud, big platforms like Salesforce and Microsoft, uh, Microsoft Azure. And in there, they start having ecosystems. So suddenly you're having data naturally um, accumulated, accessible, and relevant to the pricer and price scientist and price manager. And then you can start doing some really interesting things like um, doing uh, price intelligence and price guidance, big analytics, and really start getting that kind of uh, data backing um, efforts when they're trying to revamp how they sell or how they price, say, new methodologies like value-based pricing, dynamic pricing, and, and subscription-based pricing. So that's one reason I actually see areas like machine learning and advanced analytics having a lot of opportunities here, and ones where there's a potential for good, effective execution of those um, analytics. Excellent. And um, as one final question, Michael, what key trends do you see emerging from quote to cash for the area of pricing? There seems to be a lot going on in this industry. Well, I think with pricing excellence, um, again, there's been a lot of work done, and I think there's some trends that are outgrowth of their success. So one thing is pricing for solutions. Um, solutions I see is basically a highly configurable product or set of products that are aligned to a problem of a customer prospect. And typically, they're going to resonate more. There's more value assigned to them. The big thing with pricing is that they're able to grow out of areas that might have been commodity-focused, more uh, single transaction focus. Um, I want to get an airline seat, et cetera. And now they're moving to industries where the solution selling is important, whether it's like telecoms, industrial manufacturing, various types of complex business services, uh, medical devices, et cetera. So uh, that mass customization, um, tailoring solutions to needs for specific customer segments and being able to apply prices where you really capture the value, you know, that value-based pricing and selling, I think is becoming more of a reality. The second one I'd say is pricing for recurring relationships. So I mentioned earlier, like subscription-based pricing. Uh, I think the subscription economy is coming to the fore. You're seeing hard good companies want to have services and software, digital goods tied to their products. Um, you see that in like types of John Deere where they're doing applications for the connected devices that deal with, say, pesticide deposition, um, use of fertilizers. So now they're wanting that for being able to create more predictable revenue streams um, and then support pricing for the cross-selling, upselling that can 
build on that foundation, that clients and that revenue stream. And I think also even along with, I don't want to say less visionary, but more what's up front, practical needs, uh, repeat business. A lot of that's going on. How do you price for that, especially across multiple channels where people might come to your direct website of a branded manufacturer or go through a partner? Um, I think uh, there's a lot of other things coming into play, too. Um, so like pricing, where you're balancing pricing with the use of promotions, promotion optimization, rebate programs. So with pricing, you're obviously trying to get a good price level, get the margins, get the return on the sweat that you put into your products and your business. But then you want to balance that with that type of activities like rebates and promotions where you're trying to incent uh, customer loyalty, uh, demand gen, uh, getting market share. And I think with Quote to Cash for C, where you can combine those two disciplines and you can really balance it, look at it. You can have visibility, traceability, uh, coordination. And, and obviously, then it gets a tighter uh, price waterfall uh, for management that uh, all people in management seem to like. Um, the other piece is, and, you know, cut me short if I'm talking a little too much no, here. Keep going, right? <laughs> it's all great information for our listeners. But I, I, to get back to... That data, that, that data universe for the pricer that's opened up from quote to cash, and I would say there's even then that, that outer rim where you're on a platform, say Microsoft, Azure, or Salesforce, uh, in those ecosystems, you're starting to really get excellent data sets that then you can apply machine learning. So you got that ready access to data that had, you know, many ways have been really tough when people tried to get more advanced about customer segmentation, try to look at the customer, look at the transaction, and use that to help drive pricing decisions. And now, so you're really having intelligent pricing possible, taking advantage of that accessible data, and then being able to apply machine learning to it so that you be able to start standing up uh, models and algorithms. You have it where it's applicable to use cases. I think more importantly, having them that they're embedded into the processes, they're accessible for your various stakeholders, whether it's finance, marketing, channel management, um, the actual sellers, that is guided selling, you might say, with steroids. And so I think certainly the machine learning with that big data universe for pricing will be one of the big outcomes that comes out uh, with these recent trends uh, with quote to cash enabling pricing excellence. Excellent. And we have covered a lot of information in a short time. But thank you, Michael, for joining us. And for further information on this topic and others, you may reach Michael at mdunn at actis.com. And if you're interested in hearing more about the CPQ and sales operations track on pricing excellence through Quote to Cash, please visit with us at our PPS 27th Annual Spring Pricing Workshops and Conference in Chicago, hosted May 3rd through the 6th. For more information on our pricing website, visit us at pricingsociety.com. To learn more about our full program and additional breakout tracks, please get social with PPS and subscribe to our blog, where we'll feature this podcast and other podcasts at thepricingauthority.com and follow us on Twitter and Periscope at Pricing Society. Stay tuned for our other monthly podcasts where other industry experts will join us to share pricing best practices.